Hello and welcome to the Wedding Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Pete the Celebrant, and we've got a great episode coming up. But first, changing your name after the big day can be a big deal, and sometimes a little overwhelming. So thankfully, I've partnered with Easy Name Change, who will guide you through, or even do it for you. Follow the provided links and remember to enter the code PETESAY5. Just like this podcast exists to help you plan your wedding, you can now download the best wedding app and swipe your way through Australia's best wedding vendors. Download the best wedding app from all major app stores. Want to read the latest blog on trends and advice? Want to find your latest supplier who's been hand-selected by those in the industry? Today, we meet Natalie Drum and Joe Betts from Ivory Tribe, who offer a one-stop shop for all your wedding planning needs. Allow me to introduce to you the very talented Natalie and Joe. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. And today we have Joe Betts and Natalie Drum from Ivory Tribe. Joe and Nat, how are you doing? We're doing well, I think. We're, you know, about to come into a busier time of year with wedding season. But yeah, going really well, Pete. And it's very nice to be here with you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Pete. Yeah, this has been a chat long in the making. I think actually when I started the podcast, it was one of those, I was like, let's get you on the podcast. And it's just life and everything. And here we are. Uh, now I've gone and done a little bit of just a little bit of stalking, you know, polite stalking. It's all on Instagram. So <laughs> you've, you've got it there for a reason. But, uh, you know, Nat Drum, you are a, you're a mum, you're a celebrant. Uh, I think as of March, you're a new home owner as well. Uh, uh, correct. You have and, done your groundwork. <laughs> uh, and Joe, you are also, you're a mum, you're a celebrant, and you're also in the sphere of helping people journey through their grief and finding the good. Yeah, absolutely. In two very alternate kind of worlds, but um, yeah. it's actually really nice to work in two very different spaces, but once again, around people and um, varying emotions. So yeah, certainly a different um, path I've gone on than I perhaps anticipated when I first started as a marriage celebrant. What I think it's, I think it might be 12 years ago now, but wow. both, yeah, very fulfilling. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to I guess start by telling us, is there anything else you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Like maybe give us that one, you know, one minute spiel you tell couples when uh, when they ask whether it's how you became a celebrant or what, I don't know, anything. Joe, we'll start with you. I'll kick off. Um, <laughs> look, I guess, as I said, yeah, 12 years ago, I became a marriage celebrant um, purely because I was getting married at that time. And um, I just remember meeting with our own celebrant and thinking, what a fantastic job. I love talking with people, love communicating. Um, I find weddings so fascinating and interesting from a people sort of dynamic. So it yeah. seemed like a natural next step. And I do do think that when I first started off, I thought, you know, perhaps I might do five weddings a season, 10 weddings at most. So I was absolutely blown away uh, when the weddings just continued to roll in. And I think at yeah. my peak, was probably doing around 60 or 70 a season. I can't quite yeah. keep up with that. <laughs> yes. and running 
different businesses and parenting and things too, but they're still really beautiful to be involved in, still fascinating, still love meeting all the different couples and clients and things too. Right. Nat? Yes. So, Joe, you've taken some of my answer there, but I think (laughs) for me I'll be eternally grateful for two very good friends of mine who were getting married about seven and a half years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came to me with the idea that I would make a good celebrant. So my background is in media and writing. I've always had an interest in weddings and the event landscape. And I'd, I'd done a little bit of writing in wedding magazines and blogs over the years. We had started Ivory Tribe as well. So I, I had that interest. And I guess for lack yeah. of a better word, I mar- married up my two passions and began marrying people. Haven't looked back. There you go. And so mm-hmm. how did... Ivory Tribe staff. Yes, yeah, so that um well I guess I was working uh yeah in the w- wedding industry already and I think for myself personally I guess you you know you build a relationship with suppliers and clients and I started to I guess note that there was a little bit of a gap when it came to I guess uh weddings that were being and suppliers that were being shared within Victoria and that Mm. perhaps there could be something in moving out of the magazine space because certainly when I came into weddings it was all purely um wedding magazines that was the way couples were finding suppliers and getting inspiration to moving to something online. Um, and then I was connected with Nat and I, I hope you felt the same way. I'm pretty sure, Nat. <laughs> and we thought it would be, and I think it really sort of was born from feeling like when you're reading inspirational magazines for your, your wedding, et cetera, it can be hard when you look at a wedding and you think, gosh, that photography is great or gosh, I love the flowers in that wedding. And then you go and you have a look at who the supplier was and they're often based, you know, Western Australia or somewhere further afield. So we wanted to do something that was local, that was putting a spotlight on the suppliers that not only, I guess, showed off and showcased their work and marketed them, but also meant that couples could look at that inspiration and go, yes, I can actually have um, that supplier at my day on my day. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we also, being vendors ourselves, recognised a lot of those planning pain points that couples Mm. faced along the process. So from the moment they became engaged, there were numerous questions about how to pull things together, where to start when it came to planning or how to contact suppliers. And, And to us, I guess, as vendors, they seem like pretty straightforward and simple steps, but things such as what do we include in an inquiry email? What do we need to know? What are the things we need to be asking for? What do we need to be mindful of? So I guess being across those things from a vendor perspective, as well as previously married couples ourselves, we could kind of put all of it on the table and we wanted it to feel like a really approachable network that, yes, had a lot of the aesthetic side of things. So it's Mm. certainly about the styling and the beauty and all of those glorious things that come with weddings, but it was also the behind the scenes work and all of what it took to get to that end goal. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And I think we've always noticed Nat with, you know, when we're putting out content, as much as our real weddings are such a popular feature, we have a really engaged audience that wants to be educated about the wedding planning process. And we love providing those kind of articles that give them tips from things like, you know, how to cut down your wedding guest list or, um, you know, what's going to be trending in weddings across the years or, um, you know, what brands that they you should be looking at when it comes to things like, I don't know, bridal footwear, et cetera. So it's, we love that our audience are interested and engaged in that, in that way as well. 
Yeah. Now, I, I should let everyone know, in case anyone's wondering, I'm still not exactly sure what Ivory Tribe is. Ivory Tribe, as I can tell from your website, is a digital collective for couples on the hunt for inspiration while planning their big day and believing in celebrating love in all its forms, no matter who you love or where you come from. The Ivory Tribe, the job is simple. We connect our readers to our superstar suppliers. And you, you have really, it is a one-stop shop for everything, Ivory Tribe. You have, you've got all the information, you've got blogs, articles, but then you've also got this whole list of great suppliers as well. So people can come, couples, they can have a look and they, you know, from the, like you said, Nat, what do we even put in the inquiry form? What should I know? Because it, you know, when you're starting, you, you really, a lot of couples don't have a clue. So it is nice. And I think once you step into that wedding world and you start clicking on, you know, the list of where do I begin? It's like, oh, okay, there's a fair few things I should know. Uh, <laughs> and that can be pretty overwhelming for couples. I think some love it. They just like they deep dive into it and others are like, oh man, when is this going to end? Uh, but you've got a really that, like I said, a one-stop shop for everyone. You've also got a few different things on there. You've also got business bride and uh, I know that, that our tribe are supplies in that. And I do have a question about that, but I am curious the business, bride business, what's that? So bride business began as bride business. It's since morphed into wedding plans. So that is essentially Ivory Tribe in hard copy. So that's our wedding planner. That steps okay. couples through their planning process. There are yep. checklists and timelines, spaces in there for your guest lists and dietary requirements or supplier contact details. So we've formulated that based on our years of planning experience and working mm -hmm. with couples ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we saw it as um, an opportunity to just take what we do offline and, you know, offer somebody, uh, offer our readers something beautiful and tangible that they can take around to their wedding appointments with them and have with them in physical format as they're going through the journey. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the wedding planning book sort of becomes a really beautiful keepsake um, of, you know, mm. their time wedding planning, something that they can put away and, you know, occasionally get out and look at as well. And obviously the transition from bride business to now calling it wedding plans was, I think, a recognition of knowing that it's not just brides planning weddings. It's, um, you know, gender neutral and we want to involve like all couples versus I think when we first yeah bought it out. And that's, I guess, a change that we're seeing in the industry is that we want to, we want to make wedding planning about couples, not just yeah. the bride. Yeah. Look, I'll be surprised. I do find, and I'm probably, I marry more uh, heterosexual couples. Uh, I find that the guys are also getting pretty involved. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And like this, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's, I ask, how's it going? And they look at you know, they're uh, like, <laughs> like uh, a deer in the headlights. Over to you. <laughs> and you, know, you just sort of see this look of, oh. Um, but then there are some where they, they take it as a team and, you know, they sort of have their own thing. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a, they'll come with them with a few different suppliers and they'll say, who do you think? And they'll pick together. Uh, or sometimes uh, I guess it's that the traditional view of uh, it's all what she wants, which uh, if that's how couples do it, that's how they do it. Uh, so that's Absolutely. nice. You're, you're including both there. And I guess how yeah. everyone is choosing. Now you mentioned with uh, some of, I, know, I want to talk about your suppliers as well. So you call them 
your tribe, which I do have the privilege of being part of as well. We love having uh, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I remember the last, I think there's been another catch up, um, but I know there was a catch up a couple of years ago where we did, uh, we did yoga and stuff. And that was uh, yeah. always yeah, good fun to did. show me how unflexible I am, but that was good. <laughs> that was good. We, we must say, Pete, we, we can't put it, um, we're not putting it lightly when we say we are so proud of our suppliers. And I think yeah. that was a really, uh, that was a main driver of us beginning the business. We really wanted to pull together a collective of suppliers that we were proud to showcase. And yeah. look, we're very much quality over quantity. We could have a directory with hundreds of thousands of suppliers. There are plenty here in Victoria and beyond, but for us, it was really about getting to know the people that we were working with and feeling really comfortable in the knowledge that we were then recommending them to the people mm. who were trusting us enough to be visiting our website. So we are so proud of all of them, whether it's the photographers or the celebrants or the venues that we boast on our website. Joe and I really mean it when we say that we put a lot of time and care into getting to know those people and what makes them yeah. click in order to, to serve them to the right kind of couple too. Yeah. Do you have couples, do you have suppliers? Is it just in Victoria? Is it Australia wide? We do have some that are beyond Victoria and that will just depend on whether they're the kind of, I guess, supplier that's wanting to um, expose their services across, yeah, across the uh, country. I yeah. guess it sometimes will play into what type of business it is. So perhaps mm. fashion where people are more inclined to either purchase online or they can make the effort to go to the boutique um yeah tend to be kind of I guess statewide suppliers on our website though we do find predominantly it is Victorian and it was really interesting yeah. you know we were just going through some stats earlier this week just around you know where our audience is kind of concentrated and whilst it is right across Australia it's very Melbourne Victorian focus cool. which is so wonderful yeah yeah and it's great. I know a lot of suppliers uh, who can, they do travel as well. Like, you know, celebrants who will go from state to state doing weddings. Uh, I imagine, like you said, fashion can, you know, be purchased and go all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I imagine, you know, venues probably going to struggle with that. Uh, I imagine maybe things like cakes as well aren't going yeah. to be able to, but uh, there'd be a fairly good crossover of suppliers who can go um, wherever a couple wants them. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, I think a proud moment for us actually happened in the form of Jackson Grant, who's an incredible photographer. Yeah. So his couple who found him on Ivory Tribe flew him across to Philadelphia in the US and we recently <laughs> just shared their wedding. And I think that was such a proud moment, one, to know that our audience is even beyond Australia, but to also mm. have them recognise the talent that we've got here and to invest in flying them all across the world. Like I I still, I just thought that that was absolutely incredible. And when Jackson told us um, they found him on Ivory Tribe, like that was, yeah, the best feeling. Yeah. And look, that's, that's a good point. Uh, anyone can ask me to go anywhere you want in the world. I'll come. We're the same. Greece, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> Yeah, Europe Spain. would be nice. Yeah, I'll, look, let's not go there. Hey, look, uh, where else can we go? We can go, um, look, Thailand, uh, you know, I'll go to New Zealand. That's not even that far. It's like our neighbour. Um, <laughs> you know, great. wherever you need me, I'll be there. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk a little bit about, because I think both of you have, you're probably your, your fingers on the pulse when it comes to trends 
um, probably what's currently here and also where you think we're going. Where are we currently at in terms of, of weddings, in terms of what the look is? And then I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think we're going. Yeah. I'll, I'll hand say... that over to you, Nat. You're better. Oh, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll give it a go. Um, look, and we are fortunate enough to have a lot of real wedding celebrations land, land at our desk. So we certainly do notice um, things that uh I guess, becoming more and more popular or we're seeing more of. At the moment, um, it's really nice to see an injection of colour. So whether Mm. that be in wedding party ensembles or florals, I think, um, you know, moving a little bit away from the neutral colour palette, which heavily influenced the past couple of years, I think there is always a place for that beautiful classic, you know, green and white. Um, but we are seeing a lot more colour and it's coming through in the form of pastels or, you know, lots of beautiful mm. light blues. Um, it's a really nice way to kind of dip a toe in the water, not necessarily those big, bright and bold looks, um, but we are seeing colour and lots of metallics. So, um, you know, whether that's pearls or golds or rose golds and bronzes through accessories or um, styling elements, I think that they're up and coming. Okay. Absolutely. And I think from my perspective, I guess what I've sort of been noticing, and I know we've kind of covered this recently on Ivory Tribe, was probably um, a lot more couples focusing on sustainability and doing Mm. things where they can be sustainable, but also potentially save money. So um, we were really excited when Karen Willis Homes uh, launched their pre-loved website where previous clients could sell their gowns onto other brides. I thought that was just a fantastic concept, but also looking at things like, you know, bridesmaid gowns, do we need to be buying them new or can they hire them instead or buy them secondhand? I think that that's a really great steer into that direction as well. I think we've seen a few new concepts that we've been loving I'm sure you're across these Pete Pete um that audio guest books that are featuring at weddings Uh, so rather than guests you know just writing into a book they can actually leave um, a voice message which is really fun um we've also uh the silent disco seems to be emerging and will be for some couples and maybe not for others but yeah quirky little things like that I think are on the horizon as always with trends you don't know quite how long they will stay for but it's always yeah interesting to look at them at that time I think another addition to the wedding landscape over previous years has been on the day services so there is Mm. Somebody for almost anything you need on a wedding day now. We've got pet sitters, we've got babysitters or nannies, um, content creators. That's obviously something that's becoming increasingly prevalent on wedding days. So there are so many great options in terms of supporting couples in the lead up to, but certainly on the day itself. And I think that that's a really nice addition. Mm. I I do see a lot more content uh, more videographers there on the day I feel um, they're there and they're sort of filming the whole day and then just you send in a couple all these little photos as well but these little videos like these nice little mm. reels that they can put out uh, I think that's that's an incredible idea I think it's great because yeah so much of our life goes on to Instagram I was going to say, I think it's a really interesting concept and I think can probably potentially be divisive as well. But, you Mm. know, I think for couples that 
um, you know, love social media, you know, have a lot of their lives on there. Perhaps, you know, it's a great way for them to receive footage and share that with their loved ones quite quickly versus the turnaround it might take for professional photography and videography. And I think in no way takes the place of that at all. Um, But yeah, I think it's a fun concept that couples are certainly getting involved with. Yeah. I haven't seen the silent discos at a wedding yet, but I was talking to a friend who went to a hen's party and they had they did a silent disco and there. I think they were going through, through the city or something. And uh, it looked it looked like a lot of fun. They had, in fact, I want to try and get the person to do this because they there was someone, I guess it was like the DJ. I don't know. He was like guiding them through this hen's party and he was giving out little challenges and things to do. And it really seemed like a really like a fun time. Like the bride had to go do certain things or, um, yeah, I, I thought it was like that's that got a lot of character. I like that. A lot of character. I've never been involved in one. Nat, have you, did you say that you've been involved in a? I have. They are a lot of fun, not at a wedding, but a hen's party as well. I think they're, um, the more and more we looked into the silent disco option, the more we enjoyed it. So oftentimes venues will have noise restrictions, which means limiting um, your supplies from playing music up loud. You could be dealing with a crowd who, um, you know, have difference in terms of their musical Mm -hmm. preferences. Mm -hmm. So they're then by offered different radio stations that they can tune into. It's a really nice way of kind of tailoring that end of the night to the way that will best suit you and your guests. So it is a lot of fun. From a hen's party perspective, it's certainly a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. I I can see it. I can see it working from a wedding reception. I guess that would be my thought is because when music isn't playing in a venue or in a room and there are people there, you know there's something missing. You can just feel it. And as soon as even just some background music comes on, it just fills the space. Uh, and that's probably a good point for everyone, actually. If you're for your particular ceremony, the start of the ceremony, if you've got a live musician, they can just be playing some little songs. Um, but even if you've just got play something through the celebrant speaker and uh, all the venues, speakers, just background music, just chill, and it will just take that edge off of the yeah. the waiting. Um, sometimes sure. you're there and you're like, why does this feel so tense? You're like, oh, there's no music. And that's why all this is everyone's just waiting for this moment. It's like you can wait, but we, do, we don't need to be freaking yeah. out right <laughs> now. Um, Absolutely. Music is so important. Yeah, so I can see it working in reception. Uh, I'd be curious to see it. Probably more is probably a more correct term. I'd Mm. be curious to see how it works. But I guess it it definitely could, yeah. So I was just thinking of ceremony too, Pete, and I think another trend that potentially is coming and one that I Mm -hmm. really love is... um, when I guess if it's bride um, walks down the aisle and has their they have their wedding party make their way down the aisle as well and normally they stand at the front a lot of wedding parties are now still doing that role and standing up front at the beginning but as soon as the ceremony starts they are then taking a seat and I think it's it works really well in a lot of ways in a sense that the wedding party then has a really good view of the couple. Often when you're standing off to the Mm. side, you can't see the emotions of the couple being married because you've got no kind of view or they're madly trying to peek around and see the reactions of the couple. And I think it's a really nice focus point for the couple as well from a photography perspective also. But, yeah, I think I wonder Mm. if we'll potentially see that more and more on the wedding season as it comes. Yeah. 
Look, I know that happens. Obviously, I don't see it happening a lot with my weddings, but I know it's something that has yeah. happened. I've heard the swap happening as well, where the bridesmaids will go on the groom side so they can see the bride, and then the groom uh, will go on the bride so they can uh, see the groom. Although I never I really think groomsmen. Yeah, would, yeah, interesting. I guess groomsmen would want to see their mate cry. Like that'd be something <laughs> to do. But yeah, I know so they can rip them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the bridesmaids were like, oh, they want to get the feels. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, yeah. I am with you on that, though. I'm I'm seeing that happen You're seeing more it and more too. at my weddings um, yeah. or couples certainly toying with the idea. And if, for example, they would love their love, their friends and family, their bridal party up there with them for the storytelling component, we then mm. kind of meet in the middle and might invite them to be seated at the legals. So then it yeah. signifies the shift in momentum from that lighthearted storytelling moment to, okay, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Um, so it can work really well. They can mm. get the best of both both worlds, I think. I am enjoying, you mentioned before, with the colours, some of the colours coming through, pastels, definitely seeing mm. pastels. Uh, in fact, there's... Uh, I don't think it's, it might be today's ceremony actually where the groom and the groomsmen are wearing just black, uh, but the bridesmaids are wearing like a baby blue. And mm. it is, I think, I think for most of the previous season, it feels like probably more that neutral color, just like that, uh, mm. and more like a champagne or um, yeah. sort of color, but yeah, sort of like a, just a little touch of color, just something I think will yeah. add a lot. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, I mean, I know we sort of referenced this earlier in our chat, Pete, but not on the podcast, but saying, you know, that shift out of those COVID times, maybe when yeah. everyone was coming out of it last year, we were still feeling a little bit more muted <laughs> in not only our <laughs> colour pal- palettes, yeah. but also what we'd all been through. And I think maybe it is a time wow. of celebration. And I certainly was surprised coming out of COVID. I really mm. thought, and what everyone was saying is that, you know, weddings would go back to being more intimate and smaller. In my um, personal experiences with weddings, I found the weddings have, are huge, absolutely huge. Yeah. Like, and I think people are really, I know a couple of mine that are being married early next year are really conscious of the fact that this is a wonderful time to get all their family and friends together and have 160 plus guests because we had those couple of years where we couldn't be with family friend and yeah. friends. Um, so I think people are really celebrating that. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering. I don't know where about... that came from, but. No, look, look, I think <laughs> whether, you know, COVID feels like such a drab sort of topic, but it still has, it still has its sort of impact. Um, and maybe color is one of those things but maybe people are just like, it's time to get happy again. I don't know. <laughs> Throw some colour in there. <laughs> I like colour. I like when colour gets brought like into colour. weddings. It's good. Yeah. It's a good. time of celebration. Yeah. But, of course, the classics, the black and white, that also works too. Got its place, which I have feel I've seen a lot of the past season. I feel like the majority has been uh, that very classic black and white. Mm. which is very ivory tribe when you think about it on the website which well, is why i wore i right wore a black shirt and a white i wanted to make sure i was on brand <laughs> oh. with ivory tribe you know thank and you and i tribe. am right on trend in my blue shirt when you're blue <laughs> you <best>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> joe's a little bit you know uh, back in Me the neutrals but that's all right <laughs> that's all right overhangs around a little bit uh, absolutely um, is there anything uh new and upcoming 
with Ivory Tribe? Is there anything in the works that maybe you're willing to share with us? Or maybe there's something about Ivory Tribe you'd like couples to know about? I think um, in terms of what we'd like couples to know, I guess is to really see us, as you mentioned earlier, as that one-stop shop. Um, but we we love hearing from couples about, mm. you know, what they want to hear from us from a content perspective too. And occasionally we'll put out Instagram stories and be like, share with us one, either their experiences. I know we've had some content pieces that have gone crazy around, you know, what songs did you have for your ceremony or your yeah. first dance? Um, but equal, equally we've written a couple of, you know, curated pieces that have come from our audience that have said, could mm. you please share this with us? So we would love for couples to know that we happy for them to dm us or send us an email mm. or any queries or confusions like we want to talk with them just as much also and have that personable yep. side of our business likewise yeah. with suppliers i would say um our inbox is always open and we do love hearing from whether it be photographers who have seen something great or a trend yeah. that people may have noticed that it's worth us covering or exploring a little bit further um, I think sometimes when you do have quite a large Instagram presence or, you know, you're you're this beautiful, shiny website, people might think that it's robots in the behind the scenes side sure. of things. But it's very much Joe and I and our team who also work within weddings themselves. And yeah. we're very keen to keep a finger on the pulse and hear from the people who it's most relevant to hear from. So, yeah, mm. always reach out and share whatever you can with us. Perfect. Well, I'd like to end on the question of uh, what is the one big piece of advice, your top tip for couples? And we get two today because there's two of you, so that's pretty good. Unless if, um, <laughs> unless if, you know, Joe steals your thunder again now with her answer. Here we go. Well, I'm going to jump in. I yeah. think the overarching piece of advice that I, I share with anybody planning, no matter what stage of the planning cycle they're at, is that, Let's focus back on your priorities and the reasons for yep. which you're doing this. So for you, that might be choosing to have your nearest and dearest there. For you, your, you know, music might be of the utmost importance, whatever mm. that is, or perhaps your top three, zero in on those and don't stray too far from that because, yep. look, we all wish that we had endless budgets, but the reality of the situation is we don't and we can't yep. necessarily afford all of what we'd love there on our wedding day. So for me, it's about prioritising and ensuring you do those few things really well. Right. Yeah, I love that, Nat. And I guess, you know, off the back of that, just, you know, whatever you do, make sure it reflects you as a couple and try not to be people-pleasing and do things just because mm. of others. Um, look, obviously, we have read a lot of real wedding um I guess, submissions that come through our way. And I guess the one piece of advice that constantly comes through from couples is for the couple to take a moment for themselves on the day, whether that be after the ceremony yeah. or after they've had their dinner, to just have a moment, sit back and look and maybe share a glass of champagne, look out at their loved ones and think we created this beautiful celebration of us and just taking time because the day does go so quickly. Um, so if couples can carve out that moment. I think that, you know, couples have always said that that's almost sometimes been the best part of their day was mm. having that moment. Yeah, I remember one wedding um, was out at Mafra and that's exactly what the couple did. We had the ceremony uh, and they were getting photos and they did have some photos and there was about 
20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes where they just had some canapes, some drinks, there was a table for them and they just had this great view in front of them and they just sat and enjoyed themselves. And I'm like, that's actually a really smart idea. It's like, just enjoy your day. Like have a moment to take it in because the whole thing goes so quick and to have that together. And that's what it's all about. Enjoying each other. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Well, great advice. Thank you very much. Joan, now I'm going to make sure we put uh, everything in terms of links and everything we need to put on there so people can find Ivory Tribe. Uh, And I highly encourage everyone, take a look at the website. They've got blogs. They've got their directory with their tribe on there from beauty to entertainment, gifts, marquees, celebrants, everything they've got. Uh, their shop, you can find out more um, specifically about, uh, you know, Joe and Nat themselves. But hey, if you'd like to get in contact with me, if you're a supplier, reach out to them as well. Maybe you're seeing something going on in the wedding scene and you're like, hey, we should uh, document that. We should let people know. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's great to finally have you on here. And yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Pete. Bye.